I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Dynasty As They Want to Be, a podcast where we drill into every episode of the iconic 1980s television series, Dynasty. I'm your host, Derek J. Lang, and with me is my co-host and husband, Kyler K. Jafari. Hello there. Hi. Well, this week we celebrated a very important milestone. We've been legally wed for five whole years. It feels like a century. I know. It feels like 20. It was so sweet, the outpouring of affection from people on social media, but only one person actually bought us an anniversary gift. Our dear friend, Katie Carmichael, who's also a patron BTW, if you want to support this podcast, you can, just like Katie, at patreon.com slash nasty podcast. That's N-A-S-T-Y. Anyway, Katie got us an amazing gift. Yes. We should, we should have like an unboxing or something. She got us good sex. <laughs> or well, more, more specifically... specifically Dr. Ruth's Game of Good Sex, a vintage board game by the one and only Dr. Ruth Westheimer. This is one of those like weird adult board games that was kind of, there was a trend for that in the 80s, I guess. And I, I even remember my parents or somebody's parents having this game in the closet. And were you like, ooh, they have good sex oh, yeah, in the closet. Of course, because this is before internet and porn. So it was like, mm, let's dig through mommy and daddy's you know, board games and find the naughty things. It's a little bit strange in retrospect because is there a, a need for this today? I don't think so. Well, but it I has mean, I think, value, I think some of the questions on the cards are actually kind of timeless. We can go through some of them, but <laughs> just to explain. So this is a board game and it says on the cover that it's for two to four adult couples and it's um it's divided along gender. It's there's male questions and female it's, questions and the board has all these like scandalous things on the spaces. Like, I mean, I think what's scandalous is that it's actually printed on a board. <laughs> yeah. I mean, these are things you'd throw around in everyday conversation. Really? But... You would say you got a yeast infection, go back <laughs> two spaces. <laughs> I mean, oopsie, you just lost five arousal points. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Touch maybe a penis, we... <laughs> move forward. I five. should say that this is conversational, the the topic and the the verbiage, but to see it printed on a board. 
just kind of legitimizes it all and makes it sort of silly and kitschy. Yeah, so and we I'm, haven't... I'm just imagining like a room full of adults after the kids have gone to bed. Yeah, you pour yourself a glass of sherry. And dinner's like... been put away. And like, let's just get out the Dr. Ruth's game of good sex. Yeah. Oh, Harold, Donna, you'll never believe what we and... have. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, wipe the fine dew from your mouth. We're going to play Dr. Ruth's game of good sex. Keys in the bowl, everybody. Well, I don't think it's that kind well, of Well, this game. is a little bit post-key party, I suppose. But it, it's that same idea of like adults having an adult time. Yeah. There's nothing super sexy about the cards or the board or anything. It's all just... No, you know, are you kidding me? They're very sexy. They've all got Dr. Ruth smiling. You know, you can tell there's something behind that smile. She knows. She you know, knows. I interviewed her once. Um, I think it was just on the phone but she was really fun uh r.i.p she's deceased right oh my god we're not gonna do that thing where young people think old people are dead is dr ruth still alive signs point to yes she's still alive she's 92 oh that's amazing well i love that i like i like that she's alive because you know we're constantly doing this thing where we just think people from you know last century or just automatically they all died (laughs) well i hope she's still receiving royalties from the sale of dr ruth's game of good sex Anyway, I thought maybe we'd go through some of our favorite questions before we get into this week's episode of Dynasty. I'll start. This is a female question, of course. A person who is not married by the age of 32 is either gay or is unlikely to form a permanent relationship. That's such an 80s thing to think. You think that's true or false? I think it's false, but maybe in the 80s that was true. (laughs) No, false. Marriage can be put off for many reasons. (laughs) Not ready or their energies are elsewhere or they have not met the right person. Oh, well, every day I'm learning something new. I I like I, well, I didn't pick out favorites. I just kind of stopped when I found something ridiculous. Like my favorite so far is gonorrhea scare. Play this card immediately. <laughs> All players lose two arousal points. Only two. You would think you would lose a lot more arousal points for gonorrhea. Well, can't you just take some antibiotics and move on with your day? If not your sex life. All right. I read a female question. Now here's a male question breastfeeding nursing a child can be an erotic experience (laughs) good god true or false i don't think i'm ready for that question (laughs) i need to go back three spaces (laughs) true breasts are very sensitive and an infant suckling can be stimulating maybe that's what's wrong with kirby this this says a lot about sex in the 80s. Of personal interest, this is another play it immediately. The music or song I most enjoy listening to during sex is... Oh, am I supposed to answer? Yeah, sure. You're uh, on the spot, baby. Oh, um, Sexual Seduction by Snoop Dogg. Oh, that's a good one. I like that song. Always gets me horny. Yeah. Um, here's another question. This is a female question, but I'll, I'll ask it to you anyway. Taking out a classified ad in order to meet someone is not necessarily an act of desperation. No, I don't think it's. That's just a, a you know exploring all avenues. Yeah, it's a good way to meet somebody and allows one some screening before making any reply. So you know if you're if you're lonely out there, take out a classified ad. All right, so there's these ones that are called sex clinic. I don't even know. What oh this yeah, is. I think it's maybe like the community chest. Case, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, case number twenty nine. When my boyfriend and I make love, he ejaculates as soon as we start to have. This is a bad idea. I don't think we should go down this route. <laughs> he says I'm too aggressive, and he gets overstimulated. 
I'm getting angry at him now, and I don't know what to do. Dump him. Find um, a new man who can last longer. Dr. Ruth suggests teach him about premature ejaculation and visit a sex therapist with him. Oh, she's oh, like a realtor. Of course, yeah. uh, it's always a good time to buy. <laughs> All right. Well, or you could do this. Tie a rubber band tightly around the head of his band until he learns to control himself. Okay. It does not We've say had that. enough of, no. of oh Dr. Ruth's game of good sex. I'm going to move on. Okay. Well, I definitely need to take a break. Um, Oof. I, have, I got to go change my panties. <laughs> it's getting hot in here. Or go put on a pair of panties, whatever it is. Today's installment of Dynasty As They Want To Be is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our darlings a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com slash nasty podcast. That's N-A-S-T-Y nasty podcast. There you can browse their unrivaled selection of audio programs. They have everything. I don't want to get political, but they do have Michelle Obama's book on there. I'd read it. You should, or listen to it, because that's what Audible is all about. Just go to audibletrial.com slash nastypodcast or text nastypodcast to 500-500 to get started today. When's Melania going to write a book? Welcome back. Wow. So many things happened in this week's episode, Battle Lines. We had... Alexis in an outfit preparing to fly to Switzerland. We had more of this hostile takeover talk. We had new Steven playing chess. There was like kissing between Mark and Fallon and sort of kissing between <laughs> Jeff and Kirby. Uh, the Kirby thing. No, that is, was nose diving. I don't know what that was. Yeah, it was like face licking. So, you know, Kirby's been thirsty since she was 13. So we are supposed to expect this to come, and it does. Ooh. Yeah. Yucky usage. Uh, it's what this, has that game Dr. of Ruth's good game sex? Of good sex. I love you. And I want you. I always have, <laughs> ever since I can remember. But sneak in the middle of the night into his room to like talk to him, even though he's, she thinks, totally asleep. This is one of the creepiest displays I've ever seen in this show. Well, the place is being run a little bit like a f fake pediatric wing. And then there's now there's the intensive care unit with <laughs> with Jeff. Well, you said you didn't like Denver Memorial Hospital, so they're just turning the Carrington Mansion into Denver Memorial. As Alexis says, it's a dreary hole. <laughs> but yeah, they finally consummate their relationship because, surprise, Jeff hurt her the whole finally, time. Finally? Finally? You say that like we wanted it to happen. Oh, I didn't want it to happen, but she's been wanting it to happen since she got her period. Was well, that why she's always wearing red? Well, she wears she so much red. Red is Kirby's color. She's claimed it. Oh, uh, well, she was wearing blue when she went in to go below well, because Jeff. 
blue is the, the color, color of that, Jeff's balls. Well, yes, that too. Um, <laughs> thank you, Dr. Ruth. Blue is also the color that made Jeff crazy to begin with. So she's like, oh, I'm, I'm going to influence his opinions and his decision-making abilities. I think she did that when she took off her robe and she had her big blue She really did out. find the like sluttiest nightgown possible to traipse into his room like that. And who does this? Do you just like go into somebody's room, sit on their bed while they're sleeping and like confess your love? Well, it worked because he was like, come, come here. Although he didn't say take your clothes off. She just did that. Well, he didn't have to. What did he say? Like, I think he just said, get in here. I don't know. It doesn't go totally swimmingly because, of course, you know, she's a woman, so she has to feel guilty about having sex in the 80s. So the whole rest of the episode, she's moping around the Carrington mansion and all like flustered around Fallon. And, you know, Jeff just comes into the solarium and picks her up like she's one of those little babies. And I guess they're going to have a go at it. And I guess they spent some money on the solarium set. So now it's suddenly everybody's having breakfast there. They're having family powwows there. They're having intimate sidebar sex confessions there. I, yeah, It's just like, why is this solarium? And by the way, it's decorated like... Kind of like a, a Publix meat department. <laughs> I, I know that makes no sense to anybody. So I'm going to keep my, my childhood memories to myself. No, anyway. it's definitely giving me like Wonderland vibes and that creepy ass geisha sculpture well, that's in the okay, background. So technically it's actually decorated in chinoiserie, which was this thing from the 18th century. And, you know, they have all of these like French bourgeois pretensions when they decorate this house clearly, which is why there are all of the you know, rooms situated such that they are. Uh, I think the only time a room was not decorated that way was, of course, when Stephen had his crazy world traveler look going on. But that was obviously a flash in the pan because this whole house is like ridiculous. And the solarium is just another extension of that. I mean, I think they just have this new set and they're going to get their money's worth. And frankly, it's nice to just see another corner of the Carrington mansion, even if it does weird me out. Well, the thing that really boils down for me with Kirby is... When she's in the nursery on doing, the floor. doing the baby things and Jeff's going to have his prodigal return. This is like it's framed as if they are a family already. She's holding the baby and Jeff's like by her side. Yeah, they're and, on the floor. And then they even like, you know, then they convert it into actual dialogue where, you know, she's talking about, oh, you'll get married one day. And she's she's just having her guilty moment where she wishes she could have a baby. Oh, I don't think she was having a or guilty moment. Sorry, she was guilty. having a horny yes. moment. She was. Well. Okay, yeah, definitely her oven was preheated. Jeff's basically there to put it in. So, you know, whatever. But yeah, I think she that, doesn't care what's been poisoned in his body. She's ready for it. It's interesting because not, I don't know that I love this episode. I don't dislike it either. It's just a very normal episode until you kind of, then you see this kind of stuff and you're like, oh no, this is not normal at all. But that's what happens with this show. You get so adjusted to ridiculosity that you like watch an episode like this, like, and you're like, oh, this is so normal and almost kind of boring like, <laughs> but like anybody from the outside that had never seen an episode of dynasty would watch this and just think this is insane who are these people you know, what is this like it's a circus so I don't know. I, maybe I need to just recuse myself from judging here. So I guess that Colby D was so good that now she's not going to take this interpreter position with Colby Co. that Adam's been 
hanging over her head. Although <laughs> he does convince her to at least for a day go to Colorado Springs, I guess with the site of some some sort of Asian land lease deal, and he really needs her, even though she only speaks French. Well, no, I think there was a, th- a reference to Vietnamese, which technically there's I don't there's they some were colonized with by France. I there, think. Yeah, I, I'm not I'm no expert, so I'm just gonna stop there. Before well, I say things. Kirby's totally gonna wrong. be an expert because Adam buys her a English to French dictionary that's specifically about oil. Well, back then, books were very specific. They, they don't make a lot of books anymore, but back then, like, everybody was bored and needed a new thing to read about, so... Look, I don't need Kirby. I've got Google Translate, all I've right? I've got Dr. Root's Game of Good Sex. <laughs> I could read that all night. So we kind of skipped over it, but Jaff is no longer in the hospital... <laughs> And he didn't get to go to Thank Switzerland God. either. Can we which... not do any more hospital? I can't deal with the hospital of it all. Like it's, it is a dreary hole. I agree with Alexis. And yes, let's go to Switzerland. But no, I Blake's got to come in and I was fuck it all so up. So mad about that. All right, Alexis. What is this nonsense about taking Jeff to the airport? Nothing to concern yourself with, Blake. I'm taking care of Jeff now. I can't believe this. That boy collapsed. He's been exposed to a toxic chemical that still isn't out of his system, and you want to haul him off to God only knows where? To a wonderful spa in Ingolstadt with a superb medical staff, and he'll get better there a lot faster than in this dreary hole. So Alexis is all dolled up, ready to go with him, which Adam is pissed about, because if she's there, then that means this whole hostile takeover can't happen, which I don't know about that. But well, the, because there's this... Now there is very much an established power struggle between Adam and Alexis. They're certainly allied and in each other's interests. However, Adam wants to take the driver's seat and Alexis sort of gave it to him for a minute. And then she kind of found her groove or got her groove back. And now like Alexis is like, no, I'm going to go out and do power things now. And yeah, so Adam is like, you know, very irritated by this. Oh, and he's floundering. Like he suggested that Alexis is going to Switzerland with Jeff because she has the hots for him, which (laughs) she just kind of like (laughs) laughs at. It's totally preposterous. (laughs) There's been no hint or suggestion of that at all. Look, she wanted to go to Switzerland because she wanted to go shopping and eat fondue and buy some new furs and hang out at the spa i'm kind of with alexis on this one i don't give a shit about going to haiti but i would go to switzerland honey we've been to switzerland you don't remember oh no i do and that's why i would go again (laughs) but yeah blake fucks it all up and he gets real handsy with her in the hospital it made me uncomfortable like i i know they have a contentious relationship but he was like putting his hands and grabbing her and jerking her all around yeah he was definitely manhandling her but she alexis handled him right back i mean she put up some fight and i appreciate that like i'm okay with the old misogynist paradigms if the woman gets her say I, I can accept that. Like, it's not ideal. But here, like, Alexis is, like, pushing back and saying, screw you and all of this. Like, well, she shouldn't say that, but she as much as says that. But she has the bigger hand to play here. So he's just desperate, I think, because he's going to lose everything that he's been fighting for these past okay, few so years. Okay, th- so you raise a good point. I think everybody's a lot a bit desperate because... Everybody's a lot Blake, a bit desperate. Okay. It's phrased that way for a reason it's ridiculous and it's humorous (laughs) blake is clearly acting out of desperate he's forcing things his hand has been forced um almost literally in ways so is alexis like she's 
I mean, what could be more desperate than going to a hospital and trying to break somebody out of ICU? <laughs> On an ambulance plane to Switzerland. Right. But uh, by the way, Nurse Nan ain't having any of that. So if it weren't for her making that phone call, like... Alexis may have gotten away with it. Can we just have a little quick sidebar on the staff of Denver Memorial Hospital? It's all women wearing wigs that are gray. It's like a Stepford Wives thing. They're all wearing the same three-inch block heel nurse shoes. It's women that... And party wigs that are gray. Well, and yeah, I mean, they wear uniforms, but apparently a gray wig is part of the uniform. Because last week we had that doctor from the lab that talked to Adam and she looked like she was 25 yet she had this gray wig on. And then this week, this woman maybe looks like thirties, but she's got like a gray Bob on, I guess just being in the medical profession in Denver ages you. It really do. <laughs> anyway, Jeff goes back to the Carrington mansion and he acts like he's been gone a really long time, but didn't he like just pass out last week? So he's like, welcomed back by Joseph. Oh, and Andy's back. Andrew Laird, the lawyer. I totally forgot about him. Oh, no. Andy's not back. He's just been trapped in a phone booth at the airport for the last 18 episodes. 69, dude. <laughs> Excellent. Diddly, 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 diddly. But yeah, the Carrington Mansion's all filled up again with horny nannies and recuperating oil executives and long lost lawyers. They're all here. Yep. The gang's all here, but it's, it's not nothing if Crystal ain't walking around with nothing to do, holding the baby child. I was going to say she has something to do. She's holding Danny, clutching him like a sack of potatoes. Well, that's right. And, of course, she does it on the mezzanine and witnesses the, you know, the Fallon and Mark French kissing of it all. I don't think they were. Fr I don't think anybody in this show French kisses. I think it must have been in their contract. They, were, they all. They were Colorado kissing. From like Jeff and Kirby and Mark and Fallon. Everybody never this is all such tongue out. low chemistry kissing oh, i don't totally. understand why they felt this was fit for the screen but there it is anyway yeah you know kirby and jeff are schnoz gobbling i don't know what that weird kiss was in the solarium the solarium kiss made me want to throw up my tacos on international taco day <laughs> You know, not today. I thought every day was International Taco Day. Yeah, that's the joke. But no, I'm shocked that Crystal didn't have more of a reaction to her, I want to say ex-husband, but they're probably still married. I don't know how old because this works. Because Crystal is incapable of anything. All she does is stand around and feel and mope and observe. She never really is able to participate or express herself properly or affect any change. I would have had a bad girls club reaction. I would have dropped Danny down the staircase and charged at Fallon and tried to strangle her again, even though I know she just got strangled a couple of days ago. Well, now, wait a minute. That sounds exciting, and I'm not off board with that but do you really think that crystal really cares at this point she's like been done with mark and in some weird way maybe she feels weird about it but maybe we need to play some more dr ruth's game of good sex but there's got to be a rule what against would dr ruth have to say about this? your stepdaughter should not be kissing your ex-husband oh that's right that's what's actually really strange you're right that's the where it gets screwed up and she's got she's so big i mean not physically obviously Linda Evans is like got the perfect body. Linda Evans has the perfect body for the 80s. Right. Big shoulders, 
small titties. Narrow waist. Narrow waist. But no, she says later in the breakfast room, not the solarium, that, uh, you know, Fallon, maybe you shouldn't jump into a relationship since you just got divorced yesterday. Are you trying to tell me something, Crystal? Only that I want you to be happy, Fallon. You've got to give yourself time. Don't rush blindly into a new relationship. There, I've said it. That's what stepmothers are around for, right? These people change breakfast eating venues like they change split crotch panties. Well, when you're eating breakfast in the Carrington Mansion, you might as well switch it up. Yeah, kudos to Crystal for being so ecumenical. I couldn't do it. So one thing about Crystal in this episode specifically, but sort of generally been always there, is she does have the spidey senses, but this is... Again, this feeds back into her problem, which is she can identify and she can see and she can understand, but she doesn't really make any action or really express it even really. So the thing with the hospital where she picked up on Alexis being a little bit defensive and protesting too much about the tests on well, Jeff. That kind of totally got shut down because a, the d- mustached doctor came in and said, look, there's hundreds of neurotoxins. We're not going to keep spending our time trying to figure this out. So they kind of make it seem it's written in a way that like uh, Adam is going to get away yeah. with this, which is great because the last thing I need is, is to for watch, Adam to not get away with it. Well, that, but also I just don't want to watch an investigation into neurotoxins. Okay. This isn't CSI. Denver. Also, I just don't want Crystal and Blake winning. I think at this point of the show, if you've not understood the dynamic to the degree that Blake and Crystal can't be the winners, even though they're like the protagonists sort of kind of. Well, and Jeff I deserves just, it. If he couldn't it's figure more exciting out to watch Alexis and Blake at their, or Alexis and Adam get their way. Well, sometimes I do like it when Alexis gets knocked down a peg, but sorry, it's Jeff's fault. If you couldn't realize that every time you were going to work, sitting in your office, that you were getting ill, well then you deserve to have no, I, your baby's rights taken I'm away. Sorry, Jeff can go sit in a hot car in the parking lot for three hours i know with not. kirby or uh, alone it doesn't matter because they'll both suffocate and have a heat stroke so whatever <laughs> speaking of offices we get the debut i guess of Ugh. alexis's new yes. office yes and it's so proto 80s like this is clearly there is nothing from the late 70s going on in here except maybe the glass top on the desk, but everything else is like 100% What about 80s. the desk is made of elephant dust? I love that. I love that. I love that. I hate that. No. Peta, please okay. do not okay. come for us. Well, I'm sure they're not real. Although we're talking about Alexis here. She's wearing tons of fur. So maybe she went out and, you know, hunted some rhinos or something. I'm, I wouldn't put it past her. All that's, the foxes that's that the have about, died, you okay. don't think that she's going to take that's out two about, elephants okay. too? This character, though she is like the head of the dutch east india companies or something and like you know british colonialism of the early 1800s and and i'm just imagining she did go out and hunt some rhinos and make a desk out of them you know and i think that's just like part of like her charm like just how just uh, lurid and vile she can be as this woman of great power. Look, I actually am not a big fan of that office. The only thing I liked in it was that male secretary. Look, you know, if Alexis is going to have a secretary, he's going to be a twink. Yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> I don't know. I guess he's actually graduated out of twink, twink status, but anyway. uh, he's yeah, he's like a brownie, I guess. I don't know. Maybe not a twinkie. But it doesn't matter how great that office is because they cannot get the board to convene because Blake and Andy cut them off at the pass and get six board members to uh to RSVP no to this hostile takeover. Boys club. Yep. I keep wondering what she wants with control of Denver Carrington now that she's got it. Well, come on, you know what she wants, what she's always wanted. My head on a silver tray for openers. I can see her making you squirm, jump through the hoops for a while, but to actually boot you out and run things herself, <laughs> that's not Alexis's style. It's too much like work. We'll meet the new Alexis. You know, you is powerful as you can be and you can be an evil queen it doesn't matter the boys always win somehow i still think it's an act of desperation because isn't this just prolonging the inevitable this is this is called running out the clock this is a filibuster i don't know if they're putting off the inevitable i kind of forget how this plays out this is more like you know waving you know motion to wave time as the lawyers call it or i don't i'm not a lawyer so i don't know what they call it but well i thought it was interesting that blake cares so much about jeff that instead of trying to get him more involved in this, because really he needs to be the one to like realize what he did and sue Alexis or whatever it is because he was obviously under duress. But Blake just kind of leaves him alone and tries to handle it himself. And I don't think he's doing such a good job. I think Alexis is in the lead here. Jeff's not under duress. Jeff's under Kirby. <laughs> I meant like previously under duress. Oh. But yeah. Mm-hmm. It's this Dr. Ruth game. So the the last thing I really have to say about Crystal in this episode is she's really crystallized, and that is a shitty pun. Sorry. This whole thing that she's People just are like, going to unsubscribe just right after you said that. Well, the, the true believers won't. That's <laughs> who I want around. Uh, she has crystallized her position as a ghost in her own house. She's like wandering around. She's haunting everybody. She's haunting this place. But she and really... she needs a child for her soul to go into. Possibly, <laughs> I, I wouldn't go that far with the metaphor. But I mean, she really she just kind of like wanders around with nothing to do. She's an she, accessory. She like... showed more emotion when she received the letter from Sammy Joe with the paperwork that they're giving. Oh my Danny god! Over. She was shooting an AT and Tits phone commercial. Like, what was that? I've never seen such elation and on her face. Cue the pillow fight. Oh my God! What was this? Fight. This is more Jerome Cortland nonsense. I didn't need this like stupid, bouncy, happy married old couple. You know, you know, having their second life together or whatever. I don't, I don't know. It's like Geritol. I actually got think that Doctor Ruth probably at some point said, "Hey, you want to spice your sex life up? Introduce shaving cream into the bedroom and." A pillow fight. Mm, plus five arousal points. <laughs> yeah, it, I have never been more turned off than John Forsythe with little drib drabs Ugh, of Barbasol on his weird. face. Pinning her down. You Reenacting know, the, rape. Well, the last time that they did Who this. play acts rape, especially when you've actually done the real thing? Yeah, like two seasons ago. So... Yeah, it wasn't cute to it's me. Obnoxious. But I think I think they're trying real hard to make us root for Crystal and Blake, but not happening. You know, there's moments, but like this episode could have been condensed down to about 15 minutes, honestly. Now, we did have a major development in the Ben Reynolds storyline. Okay, I got I, I got to wrap my head around Stephen Carrington here. Okay. So he got plastic surgery by well, he didn't get it. He, <laughs> well, I know it wasn't elected. He, was, he was given 
plastic surgery. Yes. So he goes in to get the nip and the tuck of his new face. Now, the doctor, played by James Hong, icon legend James Hong, says that he didn't have any pictures or anything to reconstruct his face. And then Cassidy, you remember Cassidy, the weird oil rig well, wrangler dave cassidy or something like that's his last name or yeah, yeah. Okay. i think well blake calls him cassidy he's on the scene because they tracked down the oil rig that exploded and he sees steven and he doesn't quite seem to know that it's him so what i need to oh, know but is he's got a funny feeling he can just tell something yes of course but like are we as the audience supposed to know that that's Steven or like how far did, I mean, obviously it's a different actor. So how well, far does this plastic surgery go this on? This may be the last vestige of anything pseudo intellectual available about this show by this time, because there is a weird, like typically you're supposed to just expect that on soap operas actors get replaced, you know, and you just yeah, pretend it's the same character. You don't complain. You don't say, why aren't they acknowledging that he looks different? And here we are doing that. So that's kind of interesting. It's sort of almost metatextual in yeah. a way. But how far along are we going with that? Because it is just another blonde twink, you know? It's not like he looks totally different. Well, I I famously recall we were roasted for calling Al Corley a no, twink. No, we I'm not talking about the haters. <laughs> don't give the haters any airtime. So, okay, yeah, Al Corley really wasn't a twink, but maybe you could make an argument for Jack Coleman here. But it doesn't really matter because... Either way, he's the gay son, and that's really the silhouette he's supposed to fit into. I don't know where they're going with this, but I don't know why they would acknowledge that he looks different if they don't do something with it. Exactly. It seems like we've spent a lot of time in Singapore recovering from our face and then quick cut to the skyscraper where blake works like forget about it more weird jerome Cortland stuff like you you don't really get that moment of resolution it's just a piss poor edit to the next scene i i we, we are all left in the dust i feel like well what we're left with is blake and alexis i think are gonna put down their pistols because they get the phone call that it might be Stephen Carrington that's underneath those bandages. If there's one thing that brings these two together, it's the love of their children, except for that 16 years where she was sent away to uh, Acapulco. I mean, it's easy when you're getting a cool quarter mill a year to sip margaritas and wear a sombrero. That's right, Alexis. We never forget. Now it's time for the part of the episode where Kyler and I choose our looks of the week. I mean, I know it's so simple, but God, Alexis in white with the fur cape and a fur hat and a fur muff just ready to go to Switzerland. It was delicious. And I will say I really loved the gold little belt that she had. Did you with just it. kiss the microphone? I did. Dr. Ruth says that that is 10 arousal points. Yeah, advanced two spaces. <laughs> Hello. What was your look of the week? Well, first off, I have remarks because I actually dislike this look for the same reason that I liked it uh, an episode prior. It's the same outfit, but she traded the brown fur hat for the white fur hat. Everything is white, though. 
I know, but that's because she's going to Switzerland, honey. The other thing is she's not wearing a barrel of brandy around her neck like a St. Bernard. So it's not really a completed, accessorized look. They will be serving the brandy in the first class lounge. Okay. But one accessory she did have was the the Gucci Pocky book, which you you pointed out. I didn't notice that. Oh, I clocked it when I saw Um, that pattern. I was like, oh, she got Gucci. But I also liked her Louis Vuitton luggage, complete with a freaking steamer trunk. I mean, I think a, uh, clearly Louis Vuitton doesn't make steamer trunks, any, or they might for very special people. You got a special order but, that. You know, who has a Louis Vuitton steamer trunk? Everybody's got a Louis Vuitton handbag that's, you know, they purchased it. Well, and Belk I love Lindsay that she told like, Adam she was just going for a few days and then she'd be back. <laughs> it's like a few days she needs a steamer trunk. Right. Well, that's the joke, right? Uh, she's got so many hats, so many furs. You want options. So much costume jewelry, yeah. so much actual jewelry. So, yeah, it is. It's all about the options. The steamer trunk says luxury like nothing else because you don't need any of that shit in there. And God forbid they lose your steamer trunk full of all of your best hats. Well, they were flying private, so she probably was like, ah, I can pack a few more outfits. I don't know what I want to wear to dinner tonight. I think this whole episode, she's really just pissed she didn't get to go to Switzerland with Jeff. I'm pissed she didn't get to go to Switzerland either. Yeah. I wanted to go to Switzerland. That would have been a way more interesting episode than this, honestly. We didn't get to go to Switzerland. We got to go to the Solarium. That is not a fair trade. In fact, I think that they decided to take some of the wardrobe budget and just spend it on Louis Vuitton luggage instead. Oh, also, did you notice Fallon's sort of pseudo Gucci luggage? I think it was might have been Gucci, but I didn't see the tricolor, you know, Italian flag stripe on it. So I'm not sure if it was real or authentic or whatever. But anyway, there's a lot of expensive luggage floating around, and somehow it's hiding all of the best clothes that nobody is wearing. You didn't even like Alexis's outfit when she went to La Mirage to try to get some of that Mark Jennings D afternoon lights. I think that's actually the only salvageable look, but I'm tired of giving Alexis the best looks when, frankly, she's not even trying that hard anymore and she's always winning. And it's like, God damn it. Could you wear a totally interesting outfit instead of just having the best outfit because everybody else dresses like crap? Well, after that garish pastel nightmare of a jumpsuit from Crystal last week, this week she only wears like black and brown the whole time. Oh my God, Crystal was a nightmare. Oh, that was like the salad bar after everything's gone bad the next day. Flush it down what the toilet. What was all of the weird funky earth tones? The black and brown together. I mean, I know that's supposed to be a choice, but it just looks bad. I'm sorry. Nobody's ever going to convince me the black and brown look good together. It looks good on a two-tone Jaguar, but not on a 40-something blonde. Can we just just shit on that olive thing, fuzzy sweater with poof shoulders oh that, yeah it looked like she went to that? louisiana and rolled around in some moss and yeah came she back was a swamp Denver. thing mm-hmm. that was terrible yeah uh, crystal has to step it i up. just feel like the wardrobe department is really handing crystal a shit hand i handing a hand <laughs> they're dealing her shit hand they're handing her shit on a plate i don't know what it is it's collard greens and a ham hock and you shouldn't be wearing it that's the point so Amen. Moving along. Yes, I guess, unfortunately, I, I okay, I will make one remark. Maybe the, the best wardrobe period is not a specific outfit, but everybody's wearing these knee or over the knee boots. 
It's so it's like your head to toe clothes. Like there is no exposed. Oh yeah, you're not gonna see flesh Kirk, Kirby's outside knees. of a plunging neckline and some fingernails. That's all you're gonna see because everything else is covered. Yeah, Kirby had sex in this episode, and you never saw her knees once. She never took those those red suede boots off the whole time. <laughs> Fallon's got them on. Alexis has them on. Uh, even Crystal has them on. Okay, Crystal in the black and brown outfit with the boots. She looks like she's wearing a black pantsuit with a brown apron over it. That's how crazy those boots and the whole thing looks together. I, so whatever. This this At least the clothes are, have got us talking. So I, I guess there's that. Yeah, but for all the wrong reasons. That's it for this edition of Dynasty As They Wanna Be. Kyler, thank you so much for joining me again. I should also thank Lindsay Mound, who designed our gorgeous logo. DJ Jugo did our theme music. If you want to follow along with us on social media, we're at Nasty Podcast on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the places. We're keeping the conversation going there. We actually just um, posted a story. We, we were having some caviar while watching this week's episode, which we didn't even really talk about. The first thing a man notices when he meets a woman is her breasts. <laughs> True. I'm a tennis pro, Derek. I was born with a tan. <laughs> well, I have to go put some cosmetics in a bag. Join us for the next installment where we'll discuss the episode Reunion in Singapore. It is not unusual for new fathers to feel jealous of the attention their wives are giving their newborns. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.